0: An old time was young, the great Caledonia, the chief of her line, and the of your northern deep, deep struggle. Who knows nothing,
1: the great Caledonia, divine. From sweet
0: to young, today was hard as a name. A hundred years passed us all. a what she will, I have made a nation. and we one better.
1: A lion but a lion and wolf. The pride of her can the battle and groove her the old old and A in turn shadows challenge of pasture, a time she was To be the fair flocks by a green of some
0: But she gave the words where her favourite written her a dying piercings, the hind and the heart.
1: Long, quiet, cheering, until the world's here
0: A place of holy gold, a marvellous strand. the dead, dead, dead for many long
1: years They darkened the air and they clundered the land. The princes were from the and the heart of the life, They ravaged and grew in the world of Jesus through her holes and blood idols of fly. The day the they go, they, they die
0: the along, long savage discovered the, the foe, the charm of the squire, the rebellion
1: and strife the foe, beyond beating the flashing arrows, and of the mad ones of their
0: hopes and their life
1: The angry lion, the terror of France. Australian sanguine the sweets of a flood, but caused by the bright Caledonian line, land, he landed feeling
0: as only the wood. The bell has
1: been went from the north the scourge of the sea and the side of the shore the wild scandinavian border children's hope the wanton and carnage and wallowing go for trenches and
0: kingdoms the skin prevail no after peace and no arms to tell but the three
1: thousand and things at last, welcome with nurse and one could say, Tell. The bold and dependent and conquered and greedy, a bright course of glory for the Sharon, for great Caledonia, and more so must see you,
0: a brutal throne you quell. We as the sun The tangles, of the young you'll choose
1: Be a brightest chance And all time to the But great California's The high parts and then The never the shall match them And match them all
0: way Hello,
1: that was Brave Caledonia. I think it was Celtic Thunder, but I could be mistaken. I'll try to track it down maybe after the program. I, um... Well, well hello, this is the um, Christagenia Euro Forum. This is William Fink. Uh, I have to apologize to the, the Europeans here for not putting the Caledonia channel back together yet. Uh, I will try to do that shortly so that we can have this program in that channel. The, um... Well, well it's, it's November 17th already, and this year is just about gone. It's incredible. I have a snippet of about ten minutes from Eli James that I'm going to play today. I don't want you people to think that I flipped my wig. I indeed haven't. I have to play the snippet because it proves beyond reasonable doubt that Eli James is a universalist. Not only does it prove that Eli James is a universalist while he denies the label, but it proves that he's willing to bend and twist the Word of God into his own agenda. And I'm going to play that now and make some comments on it so that we can get that out of the way. Thank you for suffering this. But first, uh, please read Jonah. Verses 4 through 10. But these are very important, and in my opinion, utterly refute the contention that all non-whites will be eliminated. Okay? I mean, and are I mean, irredeemable. Okay? Please. Jonah 3, 4 through 10, right? now. Yeah. Okay. And Jonah began to enter into the, the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh Believed Elohim, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne. And he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast nor flock, taste anything, nor let them feed, nor drink water. Okay, now that word beast is translated from the Hebrew word behemoth. Okay. Okay, and as all two seed liners have been saying, the, the beast of the field, the beast of the earth, whether translated from behemoth or chay, is a reference when the context demands it, is a reference to hominids, two-legged beasts. Okay. And the fact that we're talking about two legged beasts here, not Adamites, but in addition, neither man, which I would expect to be translated from number 120. I don't know if you have your uh, concordance handy. I didn't look this one up. But I would expect man here to be translated from Agam, either 119 or 120. Okay. Yeah, I'll look but it up here. So beast is definitely translated from Behemoth. Okay, so we're talking about two types of hominids here, okay? And let me just say here, uh, because there, there's dispute within identity whether we should refer to non-whites as human beings and
0: include
1: the uh, atomites uh, in that category. Well, let me put it this way. Obviously, all atomites are hominids, and the term human being is a synonym for hominids. but not all hominids are atomites, okay? The Adam kind is a separate entity unto itself. The Bible says, the, the Bible is all about the Adamites, and then we're supposed to stay separate from all these other hominids. That's what the Bible teaches, and every two seed liners who's ever existed has taught that. Okay? So, number 120. Okay. So, let's Verse 3, 7 Jonah 3-7. Okay, so, the proper translation of this verse would then be, let neither Adamite nor hominids, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. So they're to go on a fast. Human, right? Right, Troublemaker, you got that right? Human means colored. They're colored people. The Behemoth people and the Adamites are to go on a fast. This is commanded from the king of Nineveh. Please continue. Uh, verse 8. Let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto Elohim. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Now, this verse is extremely important, because yes. we are talking about both Adamites and the humans, the colored people, the non-Adamites hominids, okay? So, what, what's it saying? Let both the Adamites and the non-Adamites be covered with sackcloth. Right. It if you cover a mind, coat, yep. Yeah, it seems unlikely that he would command their livestock to be covered by right. that blood. Are there cows, there are dogs, there are cats? Yeah, I don't think so. No, they're not capable of repenting. They, they have any... Remember, going back to the beast in the garden?
0: uh mm-hmm.
1: He had a conversation with that guy. Okay? This beast, very intelligent. They were talking about Yahweh's laws. And he was trying to tell her, that Yahweh's laws can be broken w- without any uh, after effect. right? Right, well, yeah, yeah. the troublemaker makes a good point. I mean, the beast the beast could cry out, the beast could repent.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, again, re- beasts that repent do not get eternal life. They don't become Israelites. It, it's crazy to even think such a thought. There's no basis for it whatsoever, even though in essence that is what, the Judeo-Christian world believes there's no basis for it in the Scriptures anywhere to think that anyone other than a true Israelite can truly repent and turn to Yahweh right. and have their eternal life. Right. right. The um, promises are, are totally different. Totally different. And uh, I'm not going to unmute the guests because I have a prepared statement. William Smith went through a lot of time and trouble to produce a video without my consent, without my input. And I have, I deserve a chance to rebut without his input. Okay, I demand that every every trial uh, d- uh, allows an opening statement, and that's what this is. Okay, so let's continue. So it's the beginning of verse eight. But let every Adamite and every non-Adamite biped be covered with sackcloth. You're not going to cover your animals with sackcloth. And sackcloth is the traditional uh, garment. Or mourning and repentance in Scripture. Okay, so please continue. Uh oh, I'm sorry. We that same. Uh, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, we're going over. Okay. okay. Yeah. And. All right, verse nine. Oh, oh, oh. No, I'm sorry. Please continue with uh, verse eight after the word sackcloth. Okay. Yes. I'll just read the whole verse. But okay. let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto Elohim. Okay. Now, can four-legged beasts cry to uh, cry to God? Certainly, I, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> We're definitely talking about hominids of other races here. No doubt about it. Please continue with this verse. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way. Wow. These beasts can turn from their evil ways. How about that, folks? This is a total refutation of Thinking Emma Heiser's contention that the non-whites can do no good. Total reputation. please continue. Uh, all right. Let him turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Okay. Now, the violence was in the hands of both the beasts and the Adamites, right? And Look, uh, it's safe to say the beasts have violence in their yeah, hands. And, right. and there are times when we do as well. But here a situation in the uh, country of Nineveh that... The, the Assyrian commander here was more than likely a white man, descended from Asher, who was, uh, I believe, a Shemite, if not, uh, either a Shemite or a Jacobite, I forget the genealogy, but uh, typically of all of these ancient nations, the rulers were white men, and the nation declined as they continued to bring non-whites in, okay, nevertheless. This verse 8 says "If these beasts with hands who are able to cry out to the Lord and if they're able to pray to Yahweh to the extent that they can conceive of any god, okay, let them turn everyone from his evil way, it should be their evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. So for this verse 8, to absolutely prove that beasts have hands and feet can cry out to the Lord and can repent and can return, uh, give up their evil ways. But, they're under the dominion of a white man. A white Assyrian. So right. They, and when they, they, do, it seems to they can't do them. it unless they're under our dominion. Okay. Going back to Isaiah 13 verses 12 through 14, which states the same thing. Genesis 4-7, which Yahweh says to Cain, If thou do well, thou will find thyself approved. Was Yahweh lying, folks? Who was lying? Yahweh or Bill and Clifton? Okay, and please continue now with verse 9. Who can tell if Elohim will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And Elohim saw their works, that they turned away from their evil way. And Elohim repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Okay. Because they repented, that includes the beast and the Adamites, he did not punish Nineveh at that time. This is, to me, a foreshadowing of the Judgment Day, when all races will be judged. According to what? Whether they do evil and repent, or whether, or or is he just going to judge them based on whether they're hybrids or not? Does this verse say anything about judging hybrids over no. non-hybrids? No, it does not. Okay. Now, and let's go.
0: Yeah.
1: If you listen to the end of that segment... Eli James said that the other races were going to be judged at the Judgment Day based on their behavior. That's universalism. There's no way around the fact that that's universalism. And what is their reward? If they're rewarded at the Judgment Day, along with the children of Israel, what is their reward? Out of one side of his mouth, Eli agrees with Greg earlier in in, in this ten-minute segment when Greg said that the other races have no share in our judgment and our promises, and Eli says that at the end of the age... That they're going to be judged based on their behavior and rewarded or punished based on that behavior. That's universalism. I don't care how you want to split it. That is universalism. A couple of weeks ago, I demonstrated here the folly of the Eli's Genesis 4-7 interpretation where he says that Cain had the opportunity to repent and to do do well. I proved with several other scriptural witnesses that Yahweh was challenging Cain in a rhetorical manner, knowing that Cain could not do well, just like John the Baptist challenged the race of vipers the Pharisees and the Sadducees who came to see him, to do well, knowing that they couldn't, because he went on to say, and Christ went on to say, that a bad tree can't produce good fruit, period. End of story. We see Eli James send very mixed signals in a ten-minute segment, At one point, agreeing with Greg that the other races had no share in the promises of Israel or in the judgment which Israel is going to receive. And just a few minutes later, he says that the other races are going to be judged at the judgment day based on their behavior. Eli talks about a dispute with an identity whether we should consider the other races as human beings. What's really funny is Eli doesn't even realize the dispute in his own rhetoric concerning the other races, because in Genesis he wants to consider them beasts, and then by the time we get to the revelation, he wants to make them human beings. They're either beasts or they're human beings. He wants to make them nations and elevate them to the level of the Genesis 10, Adamic nations, which is simply wrong. The Bible does never promise judgment and reward to beasts based on their behavior. Eli admitted early in that segment that the words of Jonah 3-7 are a command from the king of Nineveh. But then he went on, at the end of his Jonah three interpretation to extrapolate the will of God from the words of the king of Nineveh. You know, in, in Luke chapter 11, Christ said that the men of Nineveh would be resurrected. Christ did not say that the beasts of Nineveh would be resurrected and stand in the judgment. He said that the men of Nineveh would be resurrected and stand in the judgment. He said nothing about the beasts of Nineveh. I'm going to read Jonas three I'll read the whole chapter. It's only ten verses. And the word of Yahweh came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of Yahweh. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Three days' journey probably took three days to traverse the city. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, through the mouth of Jonah, and proclaimed the fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Those words are obviously meant to describe everybody and everything in the kingdom. Herd nor flock. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Even, and and it's arguable, even if we want to claim that the king of Nineveh understood the difference between Adamic men and non-Adamic men. And I will admit that historically we have a Hittite element in the Assyrian Empire, there's no doubt. We don't have any Negroes, we don't have any Mongols, but there is a Canaanite and, and a Hittite element in the Assyrian Empire. So, even if the king of Nineveh knew the difference between the Adamic men of the Assyrians and the other Adamic families, contrasted to the people of the Hittites and the impure Canaanite races. There were probably Amalekites and people like that in Nineveh also. Even if the king of Assyria knew that, and consciously made that distinction, these words are still the words of the king of Assyria. They are not the word of God. We cannot create biblical doctrine from the words of the king of Assyria and elevate that to the word of God. If we make that mistake, then we could do the same thing with the the words of the friends of Job. Or we could do the same thing with the words of the Pharisees and the adversaries of Christ in the gospel. Whenever anything is written in the Bible and we're going to create doctrine from it, we had better consider where it's coming from. We don't want to create doctrines from the wicked words of Saul. We don't want to create doctrines from the horrible actions of Ahab or Jezebel and say, well, it's in the Bible. God must approve of it, taking one verse out of context. The king of Assyria said that man and beast should be covered with sackcloth. That doesn't get beasts to the judgment. It just doesn't do it. That's not written explicitly anywhere in Scripture that beasts would stand in judgment before God. Eli James should be ashamed of himself. Eli, the Universalist. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and climb mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. We, as white nations, we have laws which govern, well, from our perspective, both men and beasts. From the mainstream perspective, they're all people. But we understand that the Negroes and the Mongols among us, the Mexicans and the half-breeds among us, those people are governed by by our laws. And our decrees, as well as we ourselves are. That doesn't mean they're getting to the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean they're getting to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, which is only for the children of Adam, and for none others. All the others have already been judged. Who can tell? These are still the words of the king of Nineveh. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And that is the end of the words of the king of Nineveh, as recorded by Jonah. And then Jonah records in verse 10, And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did not. And God saw their works. Did he care about the beasts? Did he really care about the beasts? Or did God see the works of the men men of Nineveh that they repented? Because he sent Jonah to the men of Nineveh. He didn't send them to the beasts. He sent them to the city in general. Eli takes this passage and extrapolates it to the Judgment Day. Eli says, This is, to me, a foreshadowing of the Judgment Day, when all races will be judged. And then he goes on to say that they will be judged... And punished or rewarded based on their behavior. If Greg Howard had an ounce of gumption, if he had one ounce of backbone in his entire body, he would have challenged Eli right there and asked Eli to clarify what the reward was that the other races who were good would receive. Of course, Greg has no backbone whatsoever and never attempts to hold Eli to his words and never attempts to force Eli to clarify those words. Eli's belief that the other races will stand before the judgment seat of Christ makes him a universalist. Eli's belief that they can be rewarded for their behavior Makes him a universalist. Eli's belief that Israelites at that same judgment may go into the lake of fire, as UI has professed many times, makes him a universalist. I don't know how he could escape that label. He just professed it out of his own mouth. That is why. Last year, I split with Eli James. His academic dishonesty and his universalism, which now he professes, I feel vindicated. There is no doubt to me that Eli James is a universalist, no matter how much he denies the label. I got, um... I'm not going to read any of it. I have in front of me from Bertrand Compare's website a paper called The Day of Yahweh. And in the paper, Bertrand Compare talks about the total destruction of all of our, meaning the Israelite people, of all of of our enemies, of all those that come against us. Did Compare spell that out? As, as I have been willing to spell it out in several of my biblical exegesis. Though Comparais didn't quite spell it out, but he sure as hell didn't teach that the Mexicans were going back to Mexico when he quoted Ezekiel 38 and 39. He sure as hell didn't teach that the Mongol hordes, as he described them, who were going to come against us we're going to be sent back to China. Eli is being very deceitful in his claims concerning the eschatology of Bertrand Camperay. That's all I'm going to say on this topic. I'm going to post Eli's little snippet with with the um, with the audio of this program. And a reference to it. It's, um, clear to me that Eli James is indeed a universalist. I'm going to unmute the microphones of some of the Europeans here. Again, I apologize for not having the, um, the Caledonia channel set back up. Hello, Danny. Hello, Bill. Hello, Dorcas. Hey. Hello, Taya. Icelanders, if you want to say anything, Otilia, I'm going to unmute you. Icelander always has himself in you, because he never says anything. <laughs> Is anybody here? Why don't you... In- no, maybe nobody it. has anything to say. <laughs> well, Hello. Hello. <laughs> Okay, we'll have a very quiet Euro forum. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Icelanders to play some Icelandic Celtic music for us. <laughs> Icelandic, Icelandic black music. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having microphone problems again. I always am. I can't yeah. get used to this headset. Well, like me, too. Hello, Danny. Well, Bill... How's everything going there in uh, Upper New York? Well, well, wonderful! I should have never went away for five days because I've been busy as hell and I can't catch up since I got back. Yeah, so that's always the problem when you have a break, isn't it? <laughs> hey. Always. Well, well, uh, I um, before I left, I had initiated a dialogue with with Mike Sathis who created that. Um, how the Jewish Mafia Screwed You video on the front page of my website, and, and I didn't expect him to get back to me until at least next week, but it looks like I'll have him on my program Saturday. Oh, that's good news. What was um, his name, Mike? Mike Stathis. Stathis, all oh, right. S T S-T-A-T-H-I-S. It, it's of um, it's Greek derivation. He's Greek Orthodox background, but he's not yeah. religious no. at all. No. But um, he, he does... He, he has come to terms with and, and um, understands what's going on in, in our uh, economic system and who's taken it over and who's destroyed it. He, he does mm-hmm. fully full well know that. Yeah. He has a lot of pretty good papers about it, little essays on his website. And his article, what's, his, so. what's his background, Bill? Well, well he, he's university. Trained as a chemist, but but somehow I didn't ask him how he made the transition. But somehow he ended up working in the financial field. He oh, worked in yeah. he worked in mortgage securities for Bear Stearns for several years, and, and yeah. uh, now he's yeah. on his own. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, probably upset about what they've done to Greece. Well, well, yes, he is. But I don't know how much <laughs> we're going to get to talk about that in the program. I mean, he's um. He's definitely a supporter of white civilization and white Christian civilization, especially now that he understands how it's being destroyed by the enemy. Yeah, that was was a good article. So we, we may, um, I, I don't know, I hope to, uh, th- that we mutually benefit each other by exchanging those. Who, who knows? We'll see how it goes. I, I've mm-hmm. always yeah. put together a line of questioning form that's, bas- that, that's mostly, but most of my questions are going to be centered around um, the financial shenanigans and, and how they, the, this Jewish mafia operates, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so how, how do you do this, Bill? Do you actually sort of give him a list of the questions in advance? Well, well, he asked me for a list in advance, you, you know, of, of talking points, so that, mm. and, and he said that he asked for it so that he could stay focused, well, which mm-hmm. is understandable, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if, 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 Bill, if you got the opportunity, would you talk to him about the European stability mechanism? If, if he, if, if he um, if can go there, right? Yeah. If, if he can go there. Because to me, that is the most outrageous development that has happened so far. Well, it's a blank check. It's a totally blank check. Yeah. yeah, On elected bureaucrats. Yeah, and that that can be called in at any moment in time for any amount of money. I I mean, no businessman in his right mind (laughs) would ever agree to something like that, would they? right. Unbelievable. Well, well, it really shocked me to see that mentioned at all in the terms that it was mentioned in that column in the Telegraph. I forget the guy's name, but I quoted him in the article I wrote. Yeah, Christopher Booker. He's good. Yes. Yeah. Well, well at least he's better than most. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> he been following if... this for a long time, for a very long time. But he follows it from a political and a patriotic viewpoint. Uh, not mm-hmm. quite the way we would follow it, but nevertheless... You know, the, the basics he's got, which are very important. Well, I was surprised to see that in the Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. And, and that uh, that article was very interesting on your website, Bill. Uh, that one about Greece. I recommend a lot of people to read it. Yeah, it's front page. It's very good. Yeah. It's almost unbelievable how they, how would you even, um, like you say, how would you agree to something like that? It's just, how do they, you know, how do they get away with this? It's just so, just so secretly, you know, they're so secret. Uh, I mean, how would you enforce that? Well, you just go get another, you get the United States to go bomb somebody. You know, they always have somebody else that can uh, put the pressure on them. But, but don't you think it's that part in Revelation where all our leaders have given their everything to the beast? Well, well, absolutely. There's no doubt. That's the worship of the beast, is the worship of the international Jew. Uh, I demonstrated that in in, um, in in my Revelation 17 and 18 segment, I believe. That's right. You know, that's like Christ threw the money changes out of the temple and nothing has ever changed. Yeah i uh back in the early nineties and well in the late nineties also I was following that uh um <clears throat> the situation over in bosnia and uh, yugoslavia there it was amazing how the, the Americans we went in there i hate to say and uh just start bombing these people uh well, there actually, it was supposed to be NATO and United Nations, but they were using our planes, uh, covering over, painting over our emblems and putting a UN emblem. But they just went in there and bombed these countries uh, and opened the door for the Muslims. You know, they, they want to, <laughs> and sold them, sold the, uh, the white Christians out, the Serbs, yes, the Serbs. They did. Christians out. Yes. It, it just it was an absolute uh, uh crime war, uh war crime and talking about milosevic it was amazing how they built this up you know, yeah. how the american people went along with it at the same time bill clinton he's trying to get his name out of the out of the uh, media there out of the papers because of his little uh uh sling he was having with that monica lewinsky yeah i could yeah really It's just but i mean how I- they got away with it but had Milosevic agreed to their Ambubuye treaty, it would have been national suicide.
0: But right. you know that
1: was on the cards anyway because it it was heads that was oh, They were after him and they wanted him gone, but he was. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there was just so much that was uh, like when they went to court and all of it wasn't presented. You know, all a lot of. A lot and then he died mysteriously, of, didn't he? Jeez, I just couldn't. But well, but that's amazing, is it? the message to the world is that, you know, this will happen to you unless yes. you agree with it. The same with Gaddafi. I mean, his last hours were horrendous. Yes. And and the message this is what will happen to you if mm-hmm. you don't agree to go quietly and, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, I... It was just uh, I just remembered all that stuff. I I've been tearing up all my, we're not tearing up, but going through all my videos and everything, um, making some room and getting rid of some stuff, and and came across the I taped all those uh, live shows at the time when all that was going on in the so-called um, you know the the Serbs were supposed to be uh, uh, committing genocide against the the. The Muslims there, the, you know, I don't know the Czechs, but they turned around, not the Czechs, but the Bosnian uh, Muslims, and, but they would never, they would only give you, well, the media only give you one side of the story. They'd only oh. tell you how they were slaughtering uh, the Serb police and attacking the Serb police and killing, you know, the Serbs, uh, innocent Serb, Serbian uh, civilians. Uh, but nothing was told like that. It was always one-sided. You know, Milosevic was just going in there and killing all these poor, these poor um, uh, Bosnian Muslims and and getting away with it. It was it was a terrible crime. Yes, and and but that was a pattern, wasn't it? it was it was laid down
0: right, um, ever yeah, right. since
1: the Second World War. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're just telling everybody else, hey, look it, you know. If you don't go along with this, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. And quite graphically, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, everything, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's uh, it was um, total war crime. Yeah. And Bill Clinton should have been hung. <laughs> well, I, I would think most of the post-war leaders, um, that would be a truth that we could apply to them, wouldn't it? Hmm. I would. What, what's that? Post Civil War. Oh, sorry. I mean, the World War II, um, um no, 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 I'm making a pun, right? Because oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Our leaders here have been traitors right. for, for 200 years oh, yeah. almost, right? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Right. At least from Abraham Lincoln. Well, we haven't right. had a real president. Yeah. Yeah, it sure. was. Uh, and, uh, you know, one by one. Uh, apparently they're clearing out the nation, uh, one nation at a time there, and uh, uh, to make it, you know, the king. What do they call that? The kingdom of David. Uh, the Israelis call it. And when the kingdom of David comes in and uh, clearing out, doing nation cleansing and all the nations that are uh, that uh, are against this, the state of Israel. I well, you know, they start taking the leaders out and cha- just come in and change the government. Now they're beating a the war drum about, uh, Iran. <laughs> <laughs> i Syria. Yeah, Iran and Syria. Just Obama. Of course they won't, it'll be the United States that'll do it, or Britain. <laughs> well, well, my yeah. staff is, has, has, you know, I, I had asked him on the phone last night about, um, the reasons for the war of, of, of um, uh, the wars against Iraq and Libya being that the, the, both of those countries tried to break from the dollar. And, and mm-hmm. he professed not really knowing, you know, as, as the oil currency. Right. And, and he oh. professed not knowing much about that, but he did, uh, on his website, there is an article concerning that same thing with mm-hmm. Iran, and and mm-hmm. where, where he does admit that we're going to go to war against Iran because Iran is selling oil for euros. Well, that's and, exactly what um, Iraq was doing. Well, well yeah. right, but I don't think he knew about Iraq. I, I don't think he was really investigating that at that time, right? right. And And um, but now he is awake to that, and and he does know about Iran. So I'll bring that up again Saturday, I think. Oh, okay. good. Yeah, it's interesting what's what's uh, happening out here in the world now. You just you just wonder how it all is going. I mean, we know what's going to we win in the end, but it's. Uh, you know, what's gonna happen in between time. <laughs> it's a very exciting time to be alive really. You know. It seems worrying. I I feel sorry for those people, our race of people that don't understand the world situation, understand who they are and uh and their relationship to to Yahshua, but you know, we know that uh in the end, uh, you know, we win. <coughs> And it's just a matter of getting there, but just how they're doing it. They say everything that's happening now has been planned forty years ago. What I understand, everything happening today was planned forty years ago. Well, well, I don't know that it was exactly planned forty years ago. I don't think they could really um, precipitate. Iranian resistance to the New World Order or, or Iraqi resistance to to, to um, global Jewish, do- you know, Jewish domination. domination. I don't think that they're that smart. But but I think that they're planned. That they're, the the Zionist takeover of the world, that certainly has been planned a hell of right. a while longer than 40 years right. ago. That that was planned with, with the French Revolution, right? Oh, right. Yeah, and, then, and, and before that. There's no doubt, but but um, I, I don't think they could precipitate all of the the affectations of those plans, right? That they move towards this this agenda and they inch towards it at every generation, and, and lately it's been leaps and bounds, and not inches, mm-hmm. but that they. they um, yeah, you know that they, they, from generation to generation, that they they toward the same goal of Jewish world dominion. Right. I mean, Hitler know. was an unplanned bump in the road. They, they controlled Germany. They had full control of Germany in the Weimar Republic. Right. Yeah. And Germany was a debt slave to the bankers, just like England and the U.S. Mm-hmm. But Hitler was a surprise. Yeah. They didn't expect that. That's why they were so offended by it. Yeah. And boy, they, and they were and immediately they offended, they offended by got Hitler. the wheels turning quick. But they didn't wait for Hitler to implement his monetary policy. They declared war right away because they knew what he was going to do. Right. Yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, almost as all uh, it's just a, a stroke of a pen. We could uh, straighten our problems up in our countries. Well, a- well, let me say that if it weren't for Hitler... We would be, in the predicament that we're in right now, 20 years ago, or maybe 30. Mm-hmm. He sent them back 20 years, at least. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But uh, it's absolutely amazing how they, how they have such control now over the media, over, uh, you know, our economic situation, over everything. Uh, what well, was Stephen S. Wise, uh, the late rabbi, said that, um, I believe it was him, that he said that uh, the Aryan in, like I said this before, the Aryan in Europe, the Aryan man will not be able to speak to the Aryan American man, but us, And it's true. Well,
0: right. I mean, most of the
1: media, uh, <laughs> most of your communication companies and everything like that, uh, when you when you try to bring a case up against, say, Obama's uh, uh, legality, they stop. The, they have. The, they're in the courts. <laughs> they got. The, they have the Supreme Court in their right hand. They won't even listen to. Uh, they won't even give a, a, a statement why they don't want to take the case. It's just. It's amazing how much control they have. So. Oh. Today, I've talked myself out actually today, I've been to a luncheon, just a show, it's only four of us, but I was amazed at the knowledge that it was a ladies' luncheon. Mm -hmm. That they're not fooled, that they were quite intelligent enough to know what was going on and now they are really beginning to understand um, what's happening. And in the comments, I was most surprised because these were um, sort of maybe Christians in quotes, um, very pleasant women. And mm. they weren't fooled and I was really surprised at that. So I thought, well, there's some hope that um, they will begin to see... The word Jewish wasn't mentioned, but one even defended Hitler. What Hitler did, they said all those years ago, and I was amazed at their frankness. And I've never heard an English person say that about Hitler,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that they were on his side. So obviously, uh, she did. Feel that he was doing us a favor with the Jewish problem, but they never mention the word. But they know about um, all the immigration that we've got. They're extremely worried about it, the wiping out, and I just had to put the word Anglo Saxon in here and there. And I was amazed at their knowledge. So it gave me a bit of hope. Well, I know a couple English ladies that know a lot about this situation. (laughs) Yeah. so I have to excuse me. I've lost my voice. I've been speaking for three and a half hours this afternoon. (laughs) But uh, who is the head of immigration in in Britain? The Home Secretary. Is that the Home Secretary? That would be uh, Jack Straw then no it's uh it's um true Even well, Theresa Theresa May. May. Mm. that was uh done covertly, uh, wasn't it letting them in without anyone knowing
0: I mean that's he was a jew
1: wasn't he? wasn't he a finance secretary or something He was a Jew Exchequer. He's, oh, yeah. he's held various positions in government, uh, in the previous government, because he's part of the Labour administration, and oh, we're Jack now in Strahl? Conservative. Who are you speaking about? Like Jack Straw? Jack, yeah, Jack, Jack oh, Straw. Yeah. He's yeah. A yeah. Jack Straw. Uh, yeah, been, definitely. You are get a name Straw. Jack Straw, right? Some country boy or something in the, in the middle of well, America. Yeah. <laughs> It was Travis Day, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they come up with these names like that. You know, <laughs> they changed their name. Yeah. You know, Gary yeah. Baker. You know. The only other Jack Straw I know is a character in an old Grateful Dead song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jack Straw from Wichita, <laughs> and, and he was a murderer. <laughs> Yeah, they. Uh, and, and so is the British Jack Straw. He's a murderer of a different variety. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, like I said, I was really amazed um, at how they manipulate these situations in the world and and uh, how they threaten these other countries. Uh, and another thing that really disturbed me, and, you know, and I'm not running the United States down, I am American and everything, and how the american uh the military the pilots and everything were just so you know cocky and everything about going over there and and, and wiping these serbs out and, and teaching them a lesson and, and they you know they didn't do anything against the United States these guys just couldn't wait to get over there to to, mm-hmm. to, to murder. Them. Well, it was the same at the end of the Iraqi war. Do you remember when they were all running back home? The American pilots called it a turkey shoot. Yes. Yeah, what is it? The highway of
0: death or whatever?
1: Yeah. That was, I believe, in 91. That was the so But Going back to Baghdad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was almost as though the, the, the pilots on, on all, I'm not just talking about American pilots, I'm talking about ours as well, were just so oblivious uh, as to the bigger picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah, I can understand that. I, mean, I know they've got to, to obey commands, but, yeah. you know, to, to commit cold-blooded murder, I mm-hmm. sort of think that's something. I mean these serbs were fighting uh, you know they were fighting for their lives they were fighting uh to save their country from you know the Muslim rule and uh yeah, it was a good opportunity for for uh, Clinton to you know get his name off the out of the picture and and of course everything was Madeline Albright she was the one who was the the mastermind behind it all <laughs> Yeah, that was um well, well it seems to me that the bankers are winning the um the, the political battles everywhere, right? I mean Greece and Italy and and here in America. Especially if this Herman Cain gets a nomination, he he's um yeah, he's an ex-Federal Reserve board chairman yeah. in Kansas. And yeah, governor yeah. And the bankers are are winning everywhere and and people are just um going along with it. Well, what's yeah, well, they... Slippery. Yeah, pillage the what's entire it? nation. Yeah, they seem to be slipping into the leading positions in government in in Europe, um, uh, and they're totally unelected by any of the um, <coughs> people of the member states. You, you know, know what's it? funny about that, Papademos? He, he's an ex. Um, He's an ex-European Central banker, and, and that's the equivalent to the Federal Reserve, right? And and he yeah. Papa Demos means Popper of the Popper people, Father right? of the people. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke that is! They because couldn't have picked a better character. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say there? I uh, yeah, I was just uh, amazed how how much control. I mean, what do they, I guess, uh, let's see, they have the United States military, and then I guess they're the next in line to be their uh, hit squad will be, the, I guess, the Red Chinese. Sorry, run that past me then. I think they'll, what are they probably going to use? They'll be using the Red Chinese, I believe, on the Americans as uh, keeping us under control once they get to that. That part. You know, I mean, they use the United States against these other countries, and but who are they going to use against us? It's probably Red China. Well, well, you know something? Why, why do they have to use any? What, we're flooded. We're not us anymore. Yeah, well, we're, we're flooded right. with aliens. Why, why are we us? We're not even us anymore. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. We've already been overrun, right? Uh, Ireland's being loaded up with Algerians and, and other assorted Negroes. It's not. How is that still Ireland? Yeah. Britain's, you know, the 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 amazing concentrations of Pakistanis and Muslims in Britain, and, and um, uh, America's overrun overrun with about everything. Right? It's how is it America anymore? We already well, are. Well, we're what we're, we're already as good as Red China, yeah. right? What, the, what happens is the whites move out. The problem is the whites move out and. Uh, And they get out into the hills, they get out of the cities, but what's going on is uh, it's still the same old, same old. You know, you can still go, like I said before, and nothing's going to change until almost of all the rivals are interrupted. And you you, you can't, you know, food shortages start, the gasoline shortages start, that kind of stuff. But until that happens, you know, it's going to be same old, same old. I have to search it out. But somebody was saying here last night that a large number of Africans were being imported into China, especially women. Really? Last uh-huh. night, yeah, last night it was it was a topic of uh-huh. discussion here, but I was too busy doing, doing other sense. things. I know it might sound a stupid question, but for what purpose? Well, well there was an article here in The Guardian, um, China cracks down on African immigrants. How about that one, right? I'm mm. going to put the link oh. the, the link in here, so evidently there has been a lot of African immigration into China. Yeah. For what oh. purpose? Oh, oh right, right, right. right, No, Now, just saying there are fewer women. Was this due to... Ottilia? was this due to the... Um the policy that they had oh, of women child, yes. and, and therefore there wouldn't be very many women. Gwangju uh, has drawn hundreds of thousands of people. He calls them from 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 the continent, meaning Africa. Now harassment and prejudice is widespread. Really? Well, listen to this. That this um. <laughs> This is too perfect, right? This is an article in The Guardian, and and it's a street scene in in China, and it says, The red vinyl banner, hanging in front of the Canaan Market, C-A-N-A-A-N Market, a multi-story wholesale emporium of cheap jeans and hair extensions, begins promisingly, welcome to Guangzhou, and concludes less warmly, please have your passport ready for checks by the police. So, so we have a, a place called the Canaan Market in China. I wonder who runs that. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we know. Mm-hmm. Can, you me. I mean, like, can. Can. can you tell me? Can you tell me about Livonia, Michigan? That is outside Detroit, right? Uh, that's where my family have gone. Oh, Betty, um, I hope I didn't get you worried with my clip about Detroit. <laughs> I'll feel guilty about that. I swear. No, 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 absolutely not. It isn't my family at all. <laughs> it's just that Livonia—I've like never heard of it. But I wondered if you knew it, and uh, it must be a suburb of uh, Detroit. Well, well, you know something, Detroit is. I've been there, right? And um, it, it is. It's. It, it looks like it's at least <laughs> ten miles west of Detroit. And, and I've been to Detroit. I, I was in Detroit in 1995 for three days, and I never entered into the city itself. Mad. But but there there are several areas around the city that are just beautiful, that you would never imagine that you were a couple of miles from the total destruction of Detroit. No. It's like night and day, you know, and, and there, there's, I was in Southfield, which was a minefield, it, it was destroyed, Southfield, Michigan is right outside of Detroit, but then I was in Troy, Michigan, and I I was at the big Kmart headquarters there for a couple of days in '95, and and it, it was really pretty nice and and upscale and and you know middle class. Yes, that's what I assumed actually, because they had all moved to the suburbs. I just knew right. it, you know. Oh right. Well, well, yeah. So so it's there's the um. I could say the best of both worlds there, right? But but that's not yeah. quite descriptive appropriately. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Detroit is just um, shelled out. I mean, it's it one quiet. giant crack house. When did, uh, when was um, when was Detroit last uh, uh, booming? When did it really? Uh, well, 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 I would think that it probably had a semblance of, of um, industry until the 70s, and then it just took a steep decline, but it, it probably wasn't booming with white people since the 50s, right? Uh, yeah. It was the 50s. Early 60s, maybe.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, I mean, they did... I remember... It was pretty dark, as long as I remember it, yeah, you know, from from the mid-70s. It, it's always been pretty dark. Detroit itself. Yes. Because yeah. they, they don't seem it. to understand how they're living in a sort of dual life, you know, that they lead their lives. They don't seem to be affected by, by much that's going on in Detroit. That's why I are. Well, well, I've seen media segments that there aren't even any grocery stores left in Detroit because they can't stay in business because the Negroes just steal everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like anywhere you go. It's like mm-hmm. right in California. And you can always tell, you know, when you go into a uh,
0: when you're in a white neighborhood
1: because it's all all yep and everything like that and then when you go to a non-white uh area other than maybe maybe you might have an Asian area that might be kept up but most of the time it's all run down you know cars um. on the, the windows and the gates and fences around the yards, and uh you know and pickles in the front <laughs> um. yeah And it's all those racist white people that... It's all our fault. (laughs) Well, Livonia looks like a fair mix of of green trees and suburban-type homes and and industry, right? Yeah. yeah. The homes are a little close together, for for my comfort, but... Yeah, where is this? Livonia, Michigan... Ten miles. It, it's just above Garden City, right? Maybe ten miles west of Detroit. No, it, it's just west of Dearborn Heights. Um, I, remember, I remember seeing the steel mills in Youngstown, Ohio. Ohio. Um, boom in there. And uh, went back there a few years back, and everything is gone. Where our house was, you could... You know, see the steel mill down in the valley there, and everything is absolutely gone. There's nothing there anymore. Well, well, they couldn't compete with the the mini-mills that that the Jews exported and and built in China and India. and and, and They they can't compete with with them. You know, another thing Bill did... Wonderful Bill. Well, well, Bill and Hillary and Dianne Feinstein and a couple of other select senators, yes, they all sold us out to China. New Gingrich, New all those
0: But it was a lot earlier
1: that, that America made China uh, favored nation status, wasn't it? Yes. That right. was... It's um... well, well, been going on for a long time. It's yeah. been going on since Richard Nixon opened it up, that, right? That was, it was Nixon, wasn't it? And it doesn't matter if it's a Republican in power or a Democrat. It's all a joke. It's Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, Wall Street's going to get its way because Wall Street controls both parties. The Jews control both parties. The bankers. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been, you know, even like, um, uh, all right, was it where's Dwight Eisenhower? right, Republican, and the Brown versus Board of Education decision to integrate schools in the South was in his administration. Now, a president, and and Andrew Jackson proved this, right, when the Supreme Court made a decision, and Andrew Jackson said, "Well, well, I hope they can find somebody to enforce it, because he wasn't going to enforce the decision. That's one branch of our government cannot... Um, force another branch to do something that it doesn't want to do. And and that's what people don't understand about our government. All these Supreme Court decisions only have the force of law because Congress and the President are willing to enforce them. They don't have to enforce them. If they don't like a Supreme Court decision, they could tell the Supreme Court to flip off. The Supreme Court has no peace in its decisions unless the other two branches of our government want to grant that, th- those peace and well, when Eisenhower sent troops into Alabama well, well that proved that he was on board with that Supreme Court decision and he was a part of the implementation of the integration policy and he was a Republican now, the next Republican president was Richard Nixon, and he brought us Affirmative Action and the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, and and, and that was a, a Republican. So, so yet, you know, this bull crap about the Democrats being the liberal party that caters mm-hmm, to, the, yes. to the minorities, it's a lie. It's both parties yeah. because it's the will of Wall Street. It's the will of the bankers. Yeah. Well, the Republican part is actually more dangerous because they they pose as uh, being uh, conservative and all that, and they're not. Well, right, and another yeah. thing Nixon did, That's I remember true. when I was a kid that there were practically riots in the street of Boston because he was enforcing busing. Right. right. Hey, Bill. 71, 72. Right. Yeah, man. Hey, you guys are uh, talking about Detroit. I just had to play you a little something here real quick. This is actually a, a real... Um, Fox, uh, Channel 2 Fox News uh, in Detroit. This is actually the beginning of a news clip there. Listen to this. Awarding the neighborhood we're about to take you to is infested with crackheads. I don't think they're crackheads I think they're Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I was laughing I heard that. about that, great. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Cool. I hope you post that somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, they say keep cheapest way to, uh, to uh, get your furniture, you know, and supply your house and remodel your house Is find, you know, a bunch of crackheads and they'll sell you anything for cheap. <laughs> That's sad, but supposed to be a joke. But... Well, well, that is pretty funny. Yeah. You know anything you need, else all do for anything. So, but the crack is getting better. Well, well, Mike sent that better. link to, the, and, and, and that's to a YouTube, and I'm downloading it. And, and the title of the YouTube is "15 um, Shootings and Six Deaths in One Night." Mm. Oh. Well, which is typical of Detroit, Philadelphia, Baltimore. Fort Wayne, Indiana, Camden, New Jersey. Name your, name your Negro-infested American city. And it happens yeah, all the time. It will it's, it's, be just unbelievable. Mm. The thing about it is, is the way they go after each other, even. I mean, the one thing they hate to have for, you know, the whites, but how they treat each other. They're supposed to be so full of love. Always talking about love. Well, today we're having a a trial of a murder that took place eighteen years ago. Oh my gosh! Because it was two white youths killed a black one. And how can they? Bring it up eighteen years after the event and splash it all over the news that this black boy and and then his black friend who's given evidence um
0: right.
1: to yeah, and right. they stress two white boys and yeah. did it
0: eighteen
1: years after the event. Yeah. Like, that happening uh, and, this, here. <laughs> and this particular event has been scorched into the memories of every white person in the country. It it comes up with such monotonous regularity. It's unbelievable. And you wouldn't believe that the reverse is true, that most crime is black on white and not white on black. Yeah. 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 And You don't hear about it, do you? No, and you know another thing, uh, ladies, you don't hear about... uh, it was three weeks after that, uh, <clears throat> that Stephen Lawrence incident, there was yeah. a white uh, British cop that was killed by a couple niggers. Yeah, and um, he was, a, you know, father of three. They they just jumped him and and they uh, they beat him and then they shot him to death. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing no. ever brought up about that. No, no. that no. happened. No. They, that happened. They say in retaliation for Stephen Lawrence. Nothing's ever yeah. talked about uh, that at all. No. it's no, never and mentioned. I, and I, I agree because I, I heard that today and I could not believe it. That Stephen Lawrence thing again. And they still can't find her. They, they have a, a couple of white boys up there that they're trying to accuse of doing it. Yeah. And, and as, as a, a result of this, that they've blown out full proportion, there was an inquiry which said that. Um, we in this country and all our major institutions were guilty of quote systemic racism, yeah. and they've used this phrase oh. ad nauseum ever since. Yes, yeah. I I hear I, I heard that today. I just could not. Oh, not again. Mm-hmm. And not also, again. they're bringing up racism in the footballer. <laughs> now. So, the race problem or, or question is really in the forefront. Yeah. Where yeah. that was there, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and yes, in, um, in football, uh, do you remember, uh, just uh, a week ago, on the 11th of the 11th, uh, our guys were not supposed to wear poppies on their shirts? Mm. Yeah. I heard or, yeah did did yeah, you, did know, you hear that?
0: Mmm. Yeah,
1: I heard that. And uh, they, uh, I don't know who, which, who it was. Some football player was saying, well, you know, you, you should have a right to want to wear it or not. And <laughs> <laughs> well, was yeah. a hard, In the end, there was a compromise, wasn't there? They could wear them as a band on their sleeve. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty ignorant. What is it with Muslims and poppies? Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's
0: First World It's <laughs> First <money>. World
1: War. <laughs> <laughs> no, they certainly hate the poppy, don't they? When it's uh, in our country, but not when it's growing in theirs.
0: I don't understand. It.
1: It's First World War. What? What is it? A representation of Britain's conquering of the Ottomans, or something? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't understand the poppy. It's not being funny. No, I don't know. It's a poppy field. field in Flanders. Yeah, it was the First World War. Uh, slaughter yes. of our troops, and they commemorate it with a poppy to remind them of the um, Flanders poppy fields. Okay, but Flanders is is in the Netherlands, so so oh, why God. does that upset Muslims? I don't know. Well, because because we use it in as a sign of respect and remembrance for all, <clears throat> all the fallen. Uh, From that day to this. And therefore it includes the fallen in Iraq um, (coughs) and Afghanistan and places like that. And therefore they are very much against these wars. And one way of symbolizing that is to burn a wreath of poppies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the Muslims burn their poppies as a protest against... British perceived British imperialism. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that makes sense to me, but I honestly didn't know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, they wear, uh, every year, they wear a poppy, I have one that has a little American flag on it, so... Well, well, if the British really had any sense, they would just go get a bunch of piglets and start dropping them off with their throat slits at the front <laughs> doors of <the> mosques. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't get over, I I was listening to... If, if they really wanted to strike back, that's what they would do. Yeah. You know, but, um... In, in my what opinion. Well, the, the beatings and people that were being beat over there uh, during those riots and everything, um, a lot of the people did, a lot of men and stuff wouldn't get involved because they were they worried that they would use over excessive uh, vi- uh, force. So they said that was one reason why. It's like if somebody breaks into your house over here, you can't, um, you know, you can't uh, use too much force in stopping them, or you could be sued yourself. It's just, it's crazy. And they had that one gentleman out there, that uh, uh, senior citizen, that well, what was I forgot his name, but. He shot one, and they robbed his house. Uh, that one particular boy robbed his house, like, three three different times, and he shot him this time going out the door. Martin something, his name was.
0: Oh, God. yes, he did, a
1: farmer. You remember that, you Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. And he he went to prison, didn't he? He went to prison. Yeah. And the judge was saying, you don't have the right. To take the law into your own hands like that? Seriously? When was it like... That a, when did those these laws come in uh, into effect over here like that? I mean, you, you guys, when did you guys had the right to arms too? Didn't you at one time? Um, mm-hmm. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still have that right uh, enshrined in Magna Carta, which cannot be repealed. So it is there. Mm-hmm. But you have to defend those rights. If you don't stand up and them. defend your rights, you'll yeah. lose them, even here in America. And we've lost a lot of hours, and people just don't realize it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that one, one yeah. uh, farmer. I think he was like 73, 74 years old, and they they marched him off to jail. And what was really bad about that was it was um, a group of gypsies who had repeatedly uh, robbed his house, wasn't it? Yes, yep, you're right. And that one one boy involved there, I guess he, the one that was shot, I guess he had a record a mile long. He did actually, uh, and he and was that, that, yes, and that was only brought out after the trial and after the verdict. Right. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was a real troublemaker, that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, today I heard that Stephen Lawrence thing. I just, I almost got sick. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. nothing brought up about the the police officer that was slowed down or nothing brought up about, what about that uh, white man that was beat in the street during the riots last month? Yeah. uh, Beat right there in the streets and nobody helped him. But, uh, I don't know. Like I say, until we and you know, on sneaky hinge gets the oil so. it, it's it's best summed up by the um the quote from Gibbon that Judas was um kind enough to put into the Saxon messenger the first issue that said that when the people of Athens sought security and and, and peace, mm-hmm. they lost everything. That's yeah. the way it is, and, and people don't understand it. That, that's one of the most important lessons in history, that when people seek security and comfort, they're going to lose it all. When they no longer defend their rights and stand up for their nation because they would rather have security and, and their own comfort, that, that they're, they don't deserve either. They don't deserve anything. Mm-hmm. And it well, always gets taken mm-hmm. from us. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about it too, uh, there is a lot of white people all around the world that are very upset <laughs> when this thing starts. This
0: counter or
1: whatever, it's going to be a it's going to be a global thing too. I think there's right stirrings in this country, like they're trying to contain it. There's a big. Uh, People are camped outside St. Paul's Cathedral, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh, they can't move them on. The deadline was 6 p.m. this evening. Uh, Otherwise, they were going to take them to court. They're they're still there after the deadline. People are waking up in this country. I don't know about Britain. I can't speak for Britain, but this Occupy Movement here in the United States... It, it's mostly people that have never occupied themselves, right? I it's been hijacked. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's been hijacked by Bolsheviks, and, and most of the people involved uh, have always been the vagrant class, the useless mm-hmm. class that they've never... Some of them are honest white people that have been displaced and, and put out of work, but most of them are... are um, Handicapped vagrants and and hundred pound overweight people that mm. that 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 are unemployable virtually mm. because yeah. of well, the condition. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I do understand that that they've got nothing else to do, it, as well. Right. Yeah. And that's why I like to say. They're people that never occupied themselves, and and they're trying to occupy Wall Street, right? That well, I I believe. Uh, I believe these last riots they had really, really upset the the British white people, the British people.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that they
1: just got a taste of this after all they've done for these people, and then to have this thrown in their face like they've done, I think this is uh, really, really upset a lot of British people. Yeah, I, I, I feel guilty because I haven't had time to do anything in, as as concerning a follow-up. On the Tottenham riots, right? Yeah, and I, I just think I, I talk to people and and uh, and um, they're they're, I mean, I remember when they came. I've seen clips and stuff. They coming to to England and how it was going to be so wonderful, and they could just live in peace and everything. And now you know their great grandchildren are burning, burning the country down. And I think that's really, really, it's really blown back into the face of the British, the white British people. And they're very, uh, I think it's the start of something myself. I, do, I I, think so. Yeah. So I think the British have had enough. Because you're, it's not like in America where you can just move away. Uh, you know, you can move a thousand miles away from it. You know, get up in the hills or whatever. You're here, it's just right in your face. Mm. And I think it pushes uh, it, uh, it it pushes your uh, buttons more. They <laughs> say in America. Yeah. <clears throat> Those last riots. <clears throat> well, it's middle England that I was with today, and I was so surprised at their sharp attitude. And they know that they're the backbone of this country, paying the taxes, mm. and I others. I was pleased to hear it that they are um, aware. Mm-hmm. Yes. That they've got to get rid of them because it's so they can do what they want to do. Well, it's it's another situation that uh, when things get worse, when your when their daily lives, when our daily lives here are interrupted, and. Uh, when it interrupts your daily life and, and it really starts uh, working that last nerve, and I think it yeah. will really, you know, something will happen. I, I believe this is gonna, this is gonna happen everywhere. Yes, I think it's the beginnings of that. Because uh, you know, there's yeah. more of us than them. Well, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, at the moment. I know over here it's still. I, you know, I think the colder the weather gets here, I think a lot of them start to move. I, I don't know. I don't think they like the cold weather here. I think the weather gets so <laughs> <laughs> <I> them. <don't. laughs> well, you know, you know what we call snow up here in Upper Michigan, right? It's we, we called up in Upper Michigan. We call the snow uh, the near repellent. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. It keeps them in, that's for sure. It yeah, that's They don't story. like it. I, they don't uh, like the cold. Yeah, the white I mean, people come out and go snow skiing, ice fishing, snowmobiling, cross-country yeah, skiing. Yeah. All the niggas stay in the house and uh, and hope the guy will get a welfare check. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, I like that. I heard that... Um, Uh, They were talking about the Social Security or something in America. uh, They were saying that next year we're going to get the Americans uh, on Social Security are going to get a $38 raise or something like that, Obama promised and all that. (laughs) That'll be funny. I think that's just a, a ploy. I don't, you know... Well, people asked, yeah, you know people wanted change, he promised people change, and now that's all they have left
0: mm-hmm. yeah, but they, they
1: got exactly what they had he's one of the first presidents in, in years to keep his promise <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see if it happens. He did it, you know he promised change, and that's all we got left <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Been, I'm very surprised that he's gone this far. I'm really surprised. I, I thought that. Of course, I never did believe that there would be a black president for another twenty years. You know, I thought we had to be, be uh, a little more uh, integrated before. But yeah, but you've you know. got old voting machines. You can have any sort of president. Mm-hmm. Well, they could put a George Bush in there. I guess they could put Obama in there. Nobody one says anything about his white mother, do they? Nobody. You never hear her mentioned. Be- because somehow the Negroes know that the the one drop theory, and and if you have black blood in you, that makes you black. Yeah. No, who mentions Tiger Woods? Thai? I, I think she's from Thailand. His mother, right?
0: Yeah. Thai
1: or something yeah. exotic like that. But well, um, nobody mentions it. Everybody perceives Tiger Woods as being black because, well, well that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Every shade of gray is black in this country, and that's probably the way it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They. Uh, they're. They're. I know he. I think. I saw there in the news years a few years back where he he got upset with. uh, blacks and his organization, I don't know whether or, or it was NAACP, and he told them that uh, that he was Malaysian, he wasn't black, but he was Malaysian, and stopped referring to him as a black man because he was a Malaysian. <laughs> so, well, well, there's another confusion of race and geography, right? Because sure. Malaysia may have been his nationality when he was a child, or, or his country of habitation, but it sure as hell isn't his race, and I'm sure that the the Malays would never accept that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he must be a handsome guy. Look at that uh, Norwegian gal that he married, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but at least she got really not she? Yeah, Yeah. well, she's poisoned anyway. It's kind of late. Right. Yeah. Has you, a few I of its little niggled children. What do you think about that, Bill? Uh, I don't know what the name of it. Over the years, I've always, my dad and I used to discuss it back and forth. Uh, you're, thinking, here, you're thinking of telegony, aren't you? Is, yeah. Gene, genetic. Uh, There's absolutely no scientific basis for telepathy and it can't be true. Mm,
0: that's mm. right.
1: That's right. If, if Abel's blood was righteous, then telepathy can't be true. Hmm. I never thought it could be. And my dad, he and I would go back and forth discussing this all the time. He said, "Oh, once they once they crossed over, that's it. They got it in their blood." And <laughs> well, well, once they crossed over, you want nothing to do with them. It's repulsive. You're right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It, it's it's absolutely repulsive to me to think about being with a woman who who had no problem being with somebody of another race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want anything to do with them. And, and I, when I was young, I screened all my girlfriends in, in that respect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bill, Bill you, would you explain what telegony is? There are a few questions that might help a, a few people. Well, well, telegony was the idea that a, a prior mate could affect the genetics mm-hmm. of, of oh. children born to future sires. In, in other words, it, it, mm-hmm. in, in other words, we would all have the DNA of the serpent because mm-hmm. we all descended from Seth, and Eve had been with with um,
0: Satan right. and, and mm-hmm. had Cain
1: first, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was one of Eli's ideas that he was, you know, quite enthusiastic about. Well, well right, mm-hmm. it was. It, it was another hair-brained idea that Eli jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> Wesley Swift had, had also um, jumped on that bandwagon. Wesley Swift concocted the idea of seven gestations to cleanse e's womb, which is absolutely no scriptural basis for whatsoever. And one lie always leads to another. There is no doubt if you lie about one thing in scripture, you're going to have to eventually be forced to pile otherwise right on top of it. And, and Swift was wrong
0: and, mm-hmm. and yeah,
1: Pete Peters was a telegony advocate and he was wrong and, and Eli James, of course, is almost always wrong. Um, well, well. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Eli sang on to telegony and, and that what what they don't understand is that when a female child is born, that female child has something in her womb called oocytes. And the spelling of the word is O-O-C-Y-T-E. And oocyte is what pieces of material break off from when that woman matures sexually and begins to menstruate. Every menstrual cycle, you know, in between the bleeding, because the bleeding is the cleansing of the womb, every menstrual cycle, the ova break off from these oocytes. And, and go travel down the fallopian tubes into the uterus and await sperm. And if no sperm comes to, to fertilize them, that, then the blood of the menstrual cycle cleanses them from okay. the womb, yeah. and the period starts all over again. The, 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 the cycle starts all over again. Well, mm-hmm. well the oocytes, there's like 150,000 uh, of these little, almost like filaments in, in the ovaries, that supply these ova, or eggs. There is absolutely no known biological process by which anything entering into a woman during her lifetime can rewrite the DNA encoded in all of those oocytes Which Mm -hmm. are the genetic reproductive material of that woman, Mm -hmm. and which exist the day she is born. They are already there. Mm -hmm. And they only derive from that girl's parents, period. Just like every other cell in the girl's body only Mm -hmm. derives from her parents. Mm -hmm. So telegony can't possibly be a fact of life. It can't. There's no known biological method by which it operates, and no and no biblical. And, and abs- it, it's absolutely contrary to scripture. Yeah, I remember hearing that from Swift, and uh, I just never could find any proof of that. Well, well, right, and it it, it was a myth that came from from the from the 1800s, and and mm-hmm. and, and, um, and it was predates the. the advent of genetic science and genetic science proves it wrong. And how how do you spell that? The oocyte or O-O-C-Y-T-E, the oocyte is, is, you know, there's there's like a 100,000 of them and and, um, every baby girl is born with them already fully formed. Okay, telegamy is it? Telegamy, T-E-L-E-G-O-N-Y. I haven't, I haven't um uh, right well telegony is a huge, huge error that identity people have taken up and um i I think the one seed liners use it as a greater argument than the two seed liners because the one seed liners you, you know used it to prove that if Cain was born of the serpent then we all have serpent d n a in us because of telegony mm-hmm. Well, well, if Yahshua Christ called Abel righteous, then Abel can't be mixed, right? Period. That's right. End of story. End of story. Yeah. Because nothing mixed can be righteous. Nothing that violates Yahweh's law or of kind after kind can possibly be righteous.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: another thing, of, well, uh, also I heard the argument after 10 generations, uh, that cleans the genetic code too. Oh. Well, well, that's that's a lie yeah, no. because once the genetic code is corrupt, it's always corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after ten generations, you'd have to accept a bastard. Well, yeah. You know, what did the bastard marry for the last nine generations? Right. I mean, a yeah. bastard's always a bastard. It's it's like that situation with that uh, well William and that uh, common Kate, as they call her. You know, she. Um, uh, Knowing, that, you know, she has, uh, what is it, she's from the Goldsmiths, I think her uh, family on her, what is it, her mother's? Is it her mother's side? It's, yeah, I think it's her mother's side. No, father's side, the Goldsmiths. That, that are, uh, you go back three generations, and uh, they were, you know, they were in the synagogue. But they said that they, uh, the last three years, or last three marriages or whatever, uh, three generations where all their marriages were conducted at a church. <laughs> that's what they said. So they're okay now. Yeah, right. Well, well, that's I the Catholic say, idea of I a bastard. It it. Just, that is somebody church, that's... right? The okay. Catholic right. idea of a bastard is somebody that was not <laughs> properly married according to the Catholic rites. Mm-hmm. And, and the child born is a bastard. So, or a, a child born out of wedlock is a bastard to the Catholic Church. Mm. Well, which is a disgrace. To teach that is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. And, mm. and if a woman has a child with alien traits and, and the husband's white and the woman's white, well, what I would say to the woman, was probably screwing around. And just doesn't want to admit it. Yeah.
0: she
1: found some sucker <laughs> found some sucker to marry so that she could get get that off. <laughs> <laughs> well well right, Icelander. In in um some stages of our history a uh, a bastard was also the the um the the child of somebody of a different class. Mm hmm. But that still doesn't take away the racial okay. definition of a bastard. Yes. Now, yeah. um, let me see here. am trying to look up that, where I saw that article about here i got to learn not to play with this microphone, because I'm always hitting this little dial and turning my volume down, and I can't hear anybody, and then I sound bad. I feel bad, because I didn't hear anybody, and I keep talking. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you've got the volume just about right. You? Yeah. So how's everybody else doing out there? <laughs> right, we need more people yeah. to talk on this I program. You're Gavin away here. Icelander, Icelanders, got to talk to us. Well, if Icelanders not going to say anything, um, at the moment at uh, one of the museums there, there's this um, display of uh, illuminated manuscripts, and apparently. Um, it's going down so well that there are actually queues outside the museum. Um, and it's, it's open until March for, uh, for people to actually physically go there. But you might like to have a look online at some of the manuscripts. They're, they're really beautiful. What What is this? Like the old Lindisfarne manuscripts or the Irish manuscripts? Yeah, the... The, the, I think they're the ones in, in the royal possession. And um, I'm, I'm just going going to click on it now. To have, oh no, it's, uh, it's a video. Is that one? Um, oh, yeah. But there's apparently about 150 manuscripts, and um, people are saying it's a real treasure trove. And the illumination from the ones I've mm. seen um, is fantastic. They were own. I think it's all in the Royal Collection, but the, the detail mm. is, is just phenomenal. Uh, so mm. I, I suggest you know when you've got a moment, just go online and have a look at the. The detail, the colours, fantastic. And what's the, what's the website? Uh, I have put it into the... Um, oh.
0: There, can you see?
1: Oh, I see. You. Yeah, if you click on that, it should take you there. Yeah, there we go. And, all I got to do is open my eyes here. And oh, I, just, I just thought I'd mention it, you know, as a, a sort of last thing, because um, even if you can't get there physically, you can actually see the... Video of it and the detail is phenomenal. Um, and they're very old. Um, I the images heard. only version of this virtual uh, book is not yet available.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't have the required Microsoft plugins on my Linux machine, and, and um, I can't. Ah. Do All right, sir. They Something want me up. to have um the net plug in for Windows or or Microsoft Silverlight and, and Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well I, I don't I don't My Linux, Bill, and it's coming up. Yeah, but I don't have Moonlight. Oh, yeah, I have to I didn't, install I the, the Moonlight plug in, right. But I gotta I got go find Moonlight. that. I didn't. Know, huh? uh, I don't know if I could do it on OpenSuse. I might have to do it on my um, my Mint box. And mm. it's complicated. Well, it's very interesting. All right. It's Mint that I'm on, so that's why it's uh, a bit easier. Yeah, my work. wife and I are going to go take a trip down to Dublin there to the Charles Beatty uh, Museum and check out the manuscripts down there. Well, certainly one that's available. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to go down and look at them, but I'll go after Christmas because I think the queues should have, uh, you know, decreased. In London? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I sure would like to get over there. Well, well, there was an exhibition. I I didn't get any pictures of it. I should have got a picture of the line. There was an exhibition at the Smithsonian when I was in Washington last week, and and it was about the power of German propaganda. And man, the line was around oh. the block and down the, all the way down the block, around the corner and down the block. I should have really? yeah, I, I should have oh. taken pictures of just the outside and the line, and I I didn't do it, but but it was pretty crowded. And yeah. you had your pencil, didn't you? And, and I just thought, yeah, I had my hands full with two kids mm-hmm. and yeah, my my, uh, my son and his wife and and the two kids and the two kids cling to grandpa, right? So so yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, well, um, I wanted to, yeah, you know, the first thing that crossed my mind was that all these poor suckers on this line don't understand the power of Jewish propaganda. That gets them to think about this this Nazi stuff being propaganda. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like the egg inside an egg, right? I mean they put they put uh, they put Obama in. You know, guy wasn't even born in America, and they made him president. That's that's what you call propaganda. That's right. That is professional as <laughs> best. Well, the I mean, power of Jewish propaganda, is incredible. We did a job there. Was this in the local press, Jude? Um, yeah. Um, to advertise it, I've never heard about it. Thank I think you know. somebody, somebody sent me an email, so, so I'll forward it to you. Oh, interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, I think I, I picked up the end of it on the news where, where it was saying that people were um, were queuing. Well, it had been in the Telegraph. Oh, right. right. Yeah, somebody pointed it yeah. out yeah. to me from there as well. There, you no. know that word, queue, 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 that's a very word that's very rarely heard in America. Oh, what do you say? Lines. Well, the line—they oh. get in line. Mm-hmm. No, they don't queue. They get in oh, line. Oh, yeah. it, it's All really right. a word that's very really rarely used, used in everyday English in America, if, if you want well, to call it English. Well, well, the, the British, British are uh, renowned for standing sheepishly in queues and queuing. Yeah. yeah. So well, 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 Americans do like the part same part thing, but we stand in like lines British. and, and <laughs> we line up. Right? All right, in lines. All right. <laughs> Uh, I only know the word so well because of my, yeah, you know, I used to, I, I was a scrabble nut when I was a kid, right? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah it's no, an it's important archaic Here, it's it's very much um, uh, it, an everyday word. Yeah, it's archaic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not used to hearing yeah. people say it all the time. You Right, All right, all right. Oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh well. We're all learning <laughs> American yeah. English and British yeah. English, aren't they? Well, well, American global English is unlearning global British global English, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all becoming part of the global world. <laughs> well, like the Brit- it took great offense with my translation because I had the nerve to use the word "thusly," as if America can't depart and, and invent <laughs> a new word f- from the from the Queen's English, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, language is forever changing. Whatever. Jeez, yeah, tell me about it. You ever see these kids that text? You know, when they do that texting, and the language they have—it's yeah. a whole different world. Yeah. yeah. You, you almost need an interpreter—a a little book of their interpretations or something—the way they text now. Well, well, there was another, there was an American that comes here all the time. Kaiser asked me why I used a certain noun in my Bible translation as a verb. And I purposely used it as a verb, but because it was a Greek verbal participle, you know, in, in Greek. So I made the American noun a verb and, instead of using a phrase, right? And he asked me why I did that. And he said, that's not a word in English. And I said, can I make it a word in English? You know, English is what writers write. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was my position, and he didn't really understand that. But you you have to understand that it's only, uh, I mean, in England, I I forget his name, but the first dictionary was in the mid-18th century. And uh, in America, the first dictionary was about 75 years later with Noah Webster. And Noah Mm. Webster purposely deviated all the spellings because he thought American English should be unique. So he made a a single-handed decision to do that. Everybody followed Uh, him since. Right, right. He dropped the U out of color and and changed the R-E around in words like theater, right? right? And and dropped the U out of harbor and and words like that. Yeah. He purposely did that to differentiate American English and confuse every subsequent generation of of, of readers who, who reads books from both sides of the pond. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, somebody decided to have a different data order as well, didn't they? mm mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right, the, the way we write our dates, right. A real
0: yeah. <laughs> well, well, the
1: Canadians followed the British and all of that, right? Yeah, you, you're aware oh. of that, right? The Canadians followed the British spellings, and they insist on it. And, and the Canadians followed the British date order, and they insist on it. I had a boss for, for three years who, who was a Canadian. He, he, was, a, um, he, he was actually a, a, a public accountant. And, and um, vice president of my company, in, in, and he was from Ontario, and, and he always used to hassle me about the way I wrote the dates, because it's he difficult, when two of you using different dates, that is not going to work. Right, and, and it's yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't. For half a month, it really don't matter, but but um, you know, the first twelve days are rough yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know another thing too I just remember that they say over here is um when they go to borrow something, they say loan and and I loan you let's see how do they say the kids say it all the time can I loan you you know uh can I loan your hammer from you that's what they say. Can I loan your hammer, mm-hmm. or I cannot, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you do that, violently? Yeah, this That's might right. be this might be an Irish slang or something. Right. You yeah. use borrow for the passive and never loan yes. for the passive. And right. uh, it's, it's like what? <laughs> and uh, uh, a lot of times when they they call you here, uh, you go to answer the phone. They'll say, "Who's this?" <laughs> you go, "Hello, they, They'll ask you, "Who's this?" You know. And uh, I remember my dad used to just love that one because he you know well, who'd you want well, who's this? <laughs> you just go back and forth all the time. but that's the kind of funny. I don't know there are a lot of lot of uh, slangs over here, but um, my sure. cousin she's a court reporter, and she you know she's always correcting everybody on her English and um he came over here and, and I and I said to her you know you, the best thing for you to do is when you're in when you're in Ireland you talk as Irish to you, you know and that's it don't try to change because you're going to do nothing but hit your head against the wall uh, I'd like her to see I'd like to see her do a court reporting in Detroit <laughs>
0: Oh yeah.
1: yeah Well they you know they still got that trial going on over here I'm, I'm going to, I might try to get into that uh, courthouse tomorrow morning. I'd like to sit in on that, on that court case. If I can get in. I don't know if I can get in or not, but they do let some of the public in. But, uh, they have uh, all kinds of checkpoints everywhere here in town. Everywhere you went, you got stopped. mm-hmm. <clears throat> My wife has a van, and uh, they were stopping all the people in the vans and looking inside and all that. Well, Where is this? In Ireland? Yeah, in my town here, in Antrim. Why is that? Because of that IRA activity? Yeah, the, the real IRA. These two guys that they have uh, on trial, they have them here. I mean, there's just there's police everywhere carrying the hardware. You know, the machine guns, and everything, everywhere. And if you're in a, I don't know, I guess, especially if you have a van or anything like that, you know, they. and I have to cut through town to uh, help with my wife on these deliveries and things like that, and uh, they stopped me. <laughs> Sometimes, twice, two or three times. I just came through here. That's okay. just want to take a look. <laughs> Well, well, you're bald, so so you keep your head shaved, right? So so you're a suspect, right? Right? Oh, you're a yeah. skinhead. No, well, I had my hat on. It was cold. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's I guess it's well, it's a big case, and um, the real IRA, you know, they're uh, they're pretty
0: uh,
1: Irish, uh and they say, uh, very gutsy. You never know what they're going to pull off. Yeah. Uh. Well, you, you know what? They should be protecting Ireland and not blowing up their fellow Irishmen, and, and that's sad. But there's no, um there's no justification for blowing up your fellow white man period. I don't care that there's no justification for it, yeah, well, you know this situation over here goes back so far it's a retribution you know it's, it's um, revenge, you know it is hatred, and um it just has to it has to be settled it has to calm down and and try to Go away. I mean, it's just amazing. I've never seen white people go after each other like this. Of course, you know, look at some of the wars, but still. Well, well if they wanted to protest anything, they should stand against the tides of aliens, right? Well, yeah, you know, I just don't. Uh, that, that's what I don't understand. And the other day, I went to pick my grandson up, and he had his reading, he had a little booklet there to practice his reading. And there it was, it was a nigger family. Black family, uh, being about Rosie or something—I don't know—the the black, the, the black girl, the little nigger girl, uh and her family. I, I just couldn't get over it. Well,
0: did oh, not read
1: that? That's what I'm in culture. In Ireland, it comes down to families, to families bring up their children with the hatred, it never, it will never pass away until they stop doing that. Hmm. Yes. Time against the other, so that it's expressing well, to the children to carry it on. You know, Dorcas, if they understood their identity, you wouldn't. Yeah. True. You know, but, if they yeah. take their time out and, yeah. and uh, look into this, they would find the you know, that uh, we are, you know, all of our fathers were under the cloud when they came out of Egypt. All of our yes. fathers. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, and, and it all comes down to skin. And it comes down to gen- to race and genes in your blood. Well, so. they don't know that. I think nope. uh, Yeah, a, you why so I, like I you know like I had a an Irish guy tell me one one time there that you know I never had a never had a black man try to kill me. <laughs> well, you live where I live <laughs> well, okay, on that note, I'm gonna end the program i I mean I want to thank everybody for being here. Yeah, thank you both. Uh, I think two hours is is um, plenty, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you, and, and um, pretty jolly. Yep. Pretty jolly. Can you hear Yeah, Yeah. I'm ready. ready to get a I'm come on in the morning, Dr. Uh, Pierre yeah. uh, in Lundiorkus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we, we uh, can, uh, can gamble on the team speak in, in the morning or so, whatever.
0: I'd go on tonight
1: in the like morning,
0: I don't
1: anybody um, out here from, from Europe. take care. Take care.